Hello, Roy here. I just wanted to let you know that you can listen to The Roy Green Show ad-free on Amazon Music, included with Prime. This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Forget the frustration of picking commerce platforms when you switch your business to Shopify, the global commerce platform that supercharges your selling wherever you sell. With Shopify, you'll harness the same intuitive features, trusted apps, and powerful analytics used by the world's leading brands. Sign up today for your $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash tech, all lowercase. That's shopify.com slash tech. I don't know how to describe this. It's a guy in British Columbia. You've heard about him, I'm sure. Maybe the name won't ring a bell immediately, but what he's doing will. Patrick Fox is the man's name. And he's created a website in which he de- he's decided he's going to destroy his ex-wife. And he said in an interview that the only thing that's going to stop him is when his ex-wife, Desiree Capuano, who lives in Arizona, is either dead or destitute and homeless. Now, he said that he has no intention to physically harm her, but he's, he's a weird dude. And I'm sure that's of no comfort to Ms. Capuano. Um, he's called her what? He's called her a stripper, a drug addict, a white supremacist. You have to learn how to spell that word, Mr. Fox. It would help for the rest of us understand what you're trying to say. And I'm joined by my good friend and uh, British Columbia family lawyer, Scott Taylor, under appeal.com is Scott's website. Scott, almost everybody knows what we're talking about, yeah. but nobody knows what this guy's... I, I don't get it. I mean, I, I'm lost for words. I know that there are con- <laughs> confrontations between men and women when marriages end, and, and I, I know that happens, but I, I, don't, I don't get this level of wanton uh, willingness, a desire to destroy somebody else's life. Well, Roy, I have to say, and, and thanks, for, uh, nice, to, uh, nice to be on your program, um, as a family lawyer, I, I do get involved and see firsthand a lot of uh, very stressed out people who sometimes, uh, and it's either my clients or other clients, um, have a very distrustful, would be an understatement, uh, relationship with their ex. But I, I think, and, and maybe a little bit later on, I'll, I'll let you know what I think there are some things for people to learn about uh, like some some really valuable uh, lessons to be learned in this particular situation because this is this is you know the worst case scenario and then the other thing the other thing which is has not been reported on which has really been I think underreported is the fact that this all involves from what I understand a young child who was young at the time and this child. Uh, who is uh, probably or likely now a teenager, is being exposed to this toxic situation uh, between uh, parents. You know what I should maybe do? I should maybe read, just for the benefit of people who may not know the story, Sure. I should read a few things, and I've, I've gone through a whole bunch of websites, and, and, and I found this stuff on uh, this on Jezebel.com. And uh, it starts uh, this way. I'll read parts of it. Patrick Fox has created a website whose sole intent, he says, is harassing and defaming his ex-wife, posting photos of her at her and her home, and alleging that she's a stripper and a white supremacist. Um, he told a news outlet he'll stop when she's either dead or destitute and homeless, 
Police are apparently uninterested in pressing criminal harassment charges against him. Desiree Capuano lives in Arizona. Um, she's told CBC that she's been unable to get either Canadian authorities or the FBI to help her and can't afford the legal fees to fight Fox in civil court. She said, too, that her ex's sick fixation on her is terrifying and that he once told her his ultimate goal is to goad her into committing suicide. Fox, meanwhile, cheerily admitted to CBC that he's trying to harass his ex until she's either dead or her life is in ruins. She's ruined both of our lives, he said. Uh, The details of the company's breakup are fuzzy. Capuano uh, told CBC that uh, the two split up in 2001 and that Fox then hid their infant son from her for years. She said they're reunited in 2011 when Fox went to prison for falsely claiming under oath that he was American. Fox also claimed that Capuano abandoned their son until 2011 and then abducted him. He was deported after his prison sentence was completed and from then on began plotting ways to ruin Capuano's life. He's posted an exchange between him and his son uh, in which he tells the now teenager that he would have no qualms about killing the boy's mother. He told CBC that by that he means he'd have no moral dilemma in killing Capuano but doesn't actually want to kill her. There's nothing illegal about wanting to harm someone as long as you don't do it. Quote, end quote. Canadian prosecutors discussed charging Fox with criminal harassment, but ultimately decided not to. In part, they told the news outlet, because the exes live in different countries, and thus Capuano couldn't reasonably have an objective fear for her personal safety. Well, I also understand from another story that I saw that uh, Mr. Fox has sent his ex um, pictures of the border where he says he could cross. So uh, there's the story. Scott, we'll take a break. We'll come back, and then and then please talk to us about what I just read and what you make of it. And I know you've yep. had your, your articling, your law student, have a look at this as well. Yep. All right, we'll come back. So we're talking about the situation in, uh, in, in B.C. and in Arizona with Patrick Fox, the British Columbia man who has the website to destroy his ex-wife. Um, and uh, his ex-wife says that she has no idea why the Crown is not stepping in to help and understand Scott Scott Taylor with me family lawyer in British Columbia underappeal.com is his website understand the crown was asked by police or it's recommended by police that the crown lay charges but they decided not to so Scott wherever we were when we when we broke away you were going to talk about various aspects of this yeah, this well, case my, please go ahead my first thought was exactly as same as yours is why aren't police doing something about this especially when i heard that they you know police had recommended charges and, and crown hadn't approved it and I looked a little bit deeper. I had my student look a little bit deeper into, like, why not? There is criminal harassment legislation in the criminal code, Section 264. And, and it basically says, and just I'll summarize, it involves a situation where you're being harassed, and we can certainly see harassment, that causes that other person reasonably in all the circumstances to fear for their safety. Now, context is important because when this particular legislation was was created it was it was uh, re- referred to as anti-stalker legislation typically involved an individual who stalked an ex uh, an ex-spouse perhaps and 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 in a, in a harassing fashion and it became known as really anti-stalker legislation well what has happened in the next in the last 25 years of course we've gone digital so really uh, is this the digital is this website and and what it says and and what he says is this the equivalent of digital stalking? Does it reasonably cause her to fear for her safety? And, I, and, and, and the safety, as, as, as I would suggest, 
Is psychological safety a part of this? Now, I would certainly say I, I believe it is. Well, but she's quoted as saying, I don't understand how, just because he's yeah. not physically in front of me with a gun, yeah. that it's not considered to be a harassment. Well, well, that's right. And, and again, but, but the issue is, is it, is it psych, does it pass that threshold? There's a certain threshold. The threshold at present is a, a fear of, of, of personal safety. And psychologically, you could make the argument that it, it's having an impact. It, it's damaging. It, it's, it's, uh, it has a hurtful effect on her. It, it, that's what she says. But I, I think from a practical perspective, Roy, what we have, and you, you'd already mentioned it, is we have these people separated by a border, although you also mentioned, I think, he had sent, what is it, a picture or, yeah, or something of where he could cross the border. Where he could cross the border. I mean, it, 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 to me, I mean it's just, just bizarre. Doesn't that, doesn't just that imply bizarre. a threat? Yeah. Well, I mean, I, I believe that... Arguably? I believe if, if we were talking about both parties being resident in British Columbia, we wouldn't have this. We wouldn't be talking about this. It would already be... Uh, the charges would be approved. But I think that uh, there's some discussion here in British Columbia with the authorities, I believe, and, and again, based on uh, you know, publicity such as yours, that uh, I think their police are taking another look at it. And I, Scott, I think they likely will. Does it matter that it's social media? Could that be a factor? Well, that's, well, that's it. This is, this is, a, this is one of the, the first uh, when you're talking about because, because let, me just, let me just say, sure. we had, there was a, a case in Ontario yeah. a few weeks ago, right? Yeah. Where the judge acquitted an individual because the judge couldn't come to a decision or couldn't decide, couldn't necessarily come to a decision, but couldn't make a legal determination yeah. that the fear the two women who had lodged the complaint mm-hmm. was reasonable fear. Yeah, and I, I did. Yeah, and I did follow that. I'm not not uh, you know totally up on that particular, but I do remember uh, and, and reading about their their uh, their particular testimony yeah. and and the, and the judge made. I mean, it's always going to come down to the facts. Uh, and and he didn't believe in, in that particular circumstance that I guess that there was a they had a reasonable uh, fear uh, for their safety. So and in this particular case, I, I think we have a completely different. Uh, uh, level of, of, of fear and concern for safety that we had in that particular case. Would but, you, if you were representing the woman in this case yeah, in Arizona, yeah. if she hired you to represent her in Canada, yeah. what would you do? Well, first off, British Columbia and each province has their own legislation. But in British Columbia, we have, under the new Family Law Act, uh, provisions, uh, such provisions as, as what are called protection yeah. orders. And it's not clear, and, I, and again, I had my student look into it, it, and he looked into it a little bit further, and he said he believed that this particular uh, woman had actually obtained a protection order uh, regarding conduct, regarding his conduct, what he could do, what he couldn't do, and it's not really clear because we have no details as to, as to whether there is a protection order uh, and what that protection order says about what he's doing. But if there is a protection order, so, so my advice, if there isn't a protection order, I would be getting a protection order, and there would be certain behaviors that he could not engage in. And if he engaged, continued to engage in that behavior, yeah. then he's potentially in contempt of court. He could be sent away. From what I yeah. see, this guy doesn't have this guy didn't have any empathy. People are not siding with him. In fact, when I, I was looking on one website in the comments that followed, and somebody suggested that Anonymous should go after him. Well, uh, that's. I mean, I, that's yeah. that's the kind. Of, I'm just yeah. saying that's the that's the level of anger yeah. that exists. Yeah. I'm not suggesting that that's what they do, 
I'm no, just reporting on what I read. And, 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 and the context, anger is, yeah. is, is significant. Yeah. Scott, I want to take some calls. Sure. And, uh, and I, I, I want to find out whether there are situations and have been situations, our callers will have been involved in, where they felt harassed mm-hmm. or okay. they felt troubled or sure. they were stalked by an ex. And maybe you can provide some, I'm sure you can, legal perspective on yeah, what sure. might sure. be necessary or might be possible. So my number is 888-225-8255, anywhere in Canada. 888-225-8255. And in Toronto, it's 416-870-6400. 870-6400, area code 416. Have you found yourself in a situation where you harassed, were harassed by an ex, an ex-spouse, an ex boyfriend, an ex-girlfriend, and uh, or, or you were stalked. And did you find yourself in a situation where you felt abandoned, where the system wouldn't do anything to help you? Do you relate to this this woman in, uh, in Arizona? And, yeah, uh, this is such a troubling story. I, it's human behavior, but it's aberrant human behavior. Triple A two two five eight two five five four one six eight seven zero sixty four hundred. Have you found yourself in a situation where you were stalked, or you were threatened, or you found yourself on the receiving end of unwanted attention from a from an ex, an ex spouse, an ex boyfriend, an ex girlfriend, an ex fiance? Triple A two two five eight two five five four one six eight seven zero sixty four hundred. We'll come right back. News doesn't stop happening on Fridays. With News Talk Radio at its weekend best, The Roy Green Show delivers on the Chorus Radio Network. You got me running, going out of my mind. You got me thinking that I'm wasting my time. Tony sends me an email to Roy at RoyGreenShow.com. Dude wants attention, he writes. Dude wants attention. Patrick Fox in British Columbia created the website. To destroy his ex-wife, Desiree Cabuano, who lives in Arizona. She wants criminal charges laid against him. And the Crown is doing nothing, and Americans aren't doing anything. And it's a social media attack. I was just wondering if anybody has been on the receiving end of unwanted attention. Maybe on social media. Twitter, Facebook. Uh, any social media platform. And have you found yourself having to deal with an angry ex-spouse? What the hell do you do? Scott Taylor's my guest. Underappeal.com is his website. He's a family lawyer in British Columbia, and of course that's where Mr. Fox lives. Scott, I had a... When I was working at CHML in Hamilton, mm-hmm. and they, they carry the show, 900 CHML, um, my favorite city in the world. I'm going back in a couple of months permanently. Look out. Uh, I had a, a guest in the studio, young woman, and she came in with a an attack-trained or defense-trained German shepherd because she had been stalked for years by this one guy, and nobody helped her. Officially, nobody helped her. The police tried. They would be sort of driving by when they could, I guess. But officially, they didn't get him off her case, and he'd be outside... Her house, and so she, and call, and there was, it was a nightmare. Eventually, he he was staying. I think he stayed at a, at the downtown YMCA, 
And he got into a fight with someone else who killed him. So that's the only way she got this guy out of her life. It was a horrific story, a horrific situation. And I'm sure there are cases where, where nasty things happen and, oh. the, and, the, and, the, and the stalking yeah. is, is awful. Yeah, Roy, something I've, something I've learned um, in my years of doing family law is that the abuse doesn't just start. Right? The abuse begins at a very early age in a relationship. Um, and what I've, you know, I've had people tell me this on numerous occasions, is the abuse continues, like throughout the relationship. It's an abusive relationship. It doesn't just become abusive at the, you know, when parties separate. Yeah. But what is the most troubling thing? And I heard this, uh, heard this from a client uh, last week, and she said, and and she described this horrendous situation where there was there was control, there was, you know, she couldn't get her driver's license right until she was thirty years old. Because of her husband. Because of her husband. That's and crazy. I, 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 I was just taking That's awful. notes. I was taking notes of as, as you know, checking. That is allowing, outrageous, Scott. Not not allowing her to have friends. You know, checking her her phone, her contact. And I, I'm taking in all this information. And I'm, I'm sitting here and I'm, I'm saying, did this? You know, how are you thinking? What were you thinking? And and she said to me, and she said said to me, well, I thought this was normal behavior because. I was abused. It's the oh, I see. It's the only behavior she'd experienced. Right, that, that she, she said she, she saw her father beating, uh, you know, uh, you know, beating her mother right. on a regular basis. So how does this? Just to, I'm sorry, Scott, but just in the interest of time, how does yeah. it? How does it play itself out? Well, this one is on the, the one that I just described. This one is ongoing. It's I still mean, ongoing. But 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 what she's done. This is the the part that I just. It, it absolutely, I'm in envy. These people make that decision. It becomes serious enough. At one point they say, I'm not going to let this behavior continue because what's going to happen, right, if it continues? Those children of theirs will consider that this is normal behavior yeah. in their next relationship. We're talking generational abuse. Yeah. And so as you said, you said at the beginning, you're, you have concerns about the boy, the, the teen, teenage yeah. boy. Yeah. who's in the middle of this fight between his parents, former spouses. Steve is in Mississauga, Ontario. Steve? Hello, Steve. I put Steve on the other bank. Steve, can you hear me? Um, I wanted to just say something. I, I, I had a friend I went to high school with, and she moved to the States, uh, I guess, about 10 years ago. And uh, she was pre-med. She was doing her internship at a hospital and one one night an officer came in and long story short they started a romantic relationship um he was a pretty high decorated uh officer i believe he was a u.s marshal um and unfortunately once they broke up uh, he became very possessive and was very uh stalking like uh she went to his superiors and unfortunately they couldn't do anything about it they couldn't or they wouldn't they, they said that they couldn't because she didn't have substantial enough evidence that this was actually going on. Um, finally, um, he actually did do something. He attacked her. She went to the hospital. Um, nothing, nothing life-threatening, but she had it documented, and they finally took away his credentials. And unfortunately, that's not where the rest of the story lies. Um, he then attacked her one more time, and her current boyfriend came into the room and unfortunately, um, 
he shot the U.S. Marshal and took his life. Oh, wow. Yeah. And then because of that, um, unfortunately, he wound up getting a life sentence. So you go you go from a, a domestic uh, or, or, or an abuse situation, um, that's right, and and it and it spirals out of control. Scott, when you hear that as a lawyer, well, I mean, do these things escalate? Yes, they can. And and uh, the caller has said how horribly uh, they can escalate um, if nothing breaks if nothing breaks the cycle. If 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 nobody steps away, steps back, gets help. The first thing. The first thing, Roy, I do when people come to see me and they go, this is happening, that's happening, this is happening, that's happening. I said, have you got the support that you need to, to, to deal with this? Have you gone, have you got counseling? Have you, you know, Scott, say, yeah, so yeah. If this is, Scott, if this is happening, though, right, yeah. we, we were hearing Steve's story. Yeah. The, uh, the, the superior officers said they couldn't. It sounds more to me like they wouldn't. Do something, well, it, it, and so and so. Yeah. Let me finish. So yeah. so so nothing happened. Nothing was done to stop this guy. Yeah. So then you end up with him still stalking Steve's friend, mm-hmm. who now has a, another boyfriend or has a boyfriend who protects her. Ends up shooting the guy. Yeah. And now he's gone to jail for life. If somebody had got, if they ha- weren't sitting on their hands and had inter- intervened and interceded, maybe this wouldn't have happened. It sounds to me like again. Somebody had opportunity to take a take take action and didn't. Well, yeah, yeah right. And, and, Steve, and, is that is that what what is your friend telling you? Well, actually, there was a there's a little bit of a side uh, thing to it. Her his lawyer um, is trying to get it appealed right now because where he actually uh, killed the gentleman, uh, I guess I guess it's the law. Um, if you shoot somebody in your house, you can go to jail. But if they come into your bedroom, then it's fair game. Is that right? Is this this was Canada or the United States? This was, that was state. in the United States. Yeah, well, I think in the United States yeah. it is you can protect yourself in your home. Castle doctrine. Okay, so most states. So unfortunately, the U.S. Marshal wasn't just the U.S. Marshal. He was a pretty high-ranking U.S. Marshal. He wasn't just he had he had many years on the force. So I think he outranked okay. a lot of the people that she tried to deal with. Um, but his attorney is actually trying to uh, get the case um, revisited right. and try to en- enter that as a defense. Well, this took place in the bedroom. You know, she had, yeah. Okay. Uh, th- thank you, Steve. I appreciate the call. Let me get another call on here, Scott, and see, because we have a caller who wants to remain anonymous. That's fine. Uh, thank you for calling. What, what's, what's the story? I was with a woman for four or five years. We had a relationship together. She had a daughter. Uh, things started going sour. I caught on that she was starting to cheat, lie, steal from me. I just decided to leave her. Four years go by. I'm with another lady with a soon-to-be child that was just born. And the day that the lady went, my girlfriend went into labor, my ex decided to go to the police department and make a report with her daughter saying that I did stuff. And now I'm in the middle of going through court because of what my ex is saying about me that I did with her daughter. And now I am sitting here. I had to be forced to move. I have to keep to myself. People won't, my friends won't contact me or talk to me because of this situation that I'm in. So they've judged you? Yes, they have. I'm still going through courts through this. Uh, I was sitting at home one day, and the next thing you know, I got a knock on my door to 
undercover officers came in, arrested me right on the spot, no questions asked, no nothing, and I'm still going through courts through this right now. And you've done you've done none of the things that you're being no, accused I have of doing. Not. Scott, I have 90 seconds. Uh, what what do you say to this this gentleman? Well, I mean, I, I, it's a terrible it's a terrible situation. First off, he should get. You know, he should get legal help as soon as possible. Well, if you're in um, court, do you, do you have a lawyer, sir? I have legal aid. Okay. I've yeah. had about six pre-trials. I I still haven't even met my lawyer. Okay, Scott? Well, I, I think that the message I would want to leave your listeners with, Roy, is don't tolerate abuse or harassment in your relationship or after it ends, and think of your children. That's what I would leave. Them. What do you do if somebody accuses you? Because I've heard this before, and I'm sorry to. I wish you called a little earlier, sir. Um, what do you do if you're in a situation where you're accused of having done something that you know you're saying I didn't do? Mm-hmm. I'm not guilty of this. I have not participated in the activities you're saying I did. You're doing it because you want to somehow gain retribution on me, and now my life is, has been changed. Well, well, what do you do? Roy, Roy, we've seen that being played out in the John Gomeshi trial. We, we, mm-hmm. We've seen that firsthand with the uh, with several of the witnesses on on cross examination, Mr. Uh, Mr. Gomeshi's uh, counsel. So that is a situation where you can remain anonymous. You can uh, make allegations and, and be supported by police, have charges laid, and your reputation is essentially ruined. All right, sir. So your life is basically... Yeah, I've even asked my lawyer if I could ask for a lie detector or polygraph to prove my innocence, because right now it's my word against my ex's and her daughter's word. And the moment that you're accused, in the eyes of most people, as because I an accusation has been laid, bail, you're guilty. As right? I was going to get bail, the Crown and everybody else in court already assumed to prove me okay. guilty. Sir, I thank you for the call. I hope things turn out appropriately for you and that you get proper representation and um, you're innocent until you're proven guilty and that's the way the law, the cornerstone of the of democratic law is of justice systems. I thank you for the call, sir. Wish we'd had more time. Scott, it's a fascinating issue. It's an important issue and it's one that's going to grow and become more uh, significant, I think, as uh, as we see social media develop. We'll have to pick this up another day. We, we certainly will. Okay. Listen, Roy, it's been a pleasure. Always a pleasure, Scott. Thank you so much. Thank Scott you. Taylor, underappeal.com is his website. We're going to come back with Sheila Gunn-Reed after this.